Irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. Listening to Wake Up Hollywood with Nikki Corula and Eddie Pence, right here on LA Talk Radio. Hollywood. This is your host with the most, Nikki Carula. We have in the studio today America's Got Talent alum. That was wordy. That was wordy. Brian Justin Crum. Heyo. To keep on the consonants and syllables. Yeah. How are you, man? I'm doing really well. Oh, our studio audience loves you already, man. <laughs> so let's just jump right into this first. Before we talk about your backstory, tell me what it was like going through the America's Got Talent situation. It's a lot, you know, there's a lot of people who audition. There's a, it's a long process of like kind of whittling down the people. Um, but I had such a great experience from the time I first appeared on the show. I got such great feedback from the judges and it just was like very smooth sailing for me. Was it the same judges that are on now or were they different? No, it's different. It was Simon Cowell, it was Heidi Klum, okay. Mel B and Howie. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So mostly, mostly, yeah, yeah. They switched up the ladies. And did they do like the golden buzzer or any of that? Was that all not there when you were there? No, that that was all there. Um, they don't. The shows themselves don't happen in order the way they show them. If that oh, makes right, sense, right, right. So we filmed one thing on one day, and then it's like a different thing. But they had just given a golden buzzer to somebody right before I went on, so they're like, we can't give two of our four golden buzzers away on the same day. So I'm like, pissed oh, I didn't get really? my golden buzzer. Damn it. <laughs> Gosh darn it. How many times did you have to go through the process? I was lucky because I had um, some connections around there. So the producers had seen me online and asked me to come in and audition. So I went right to the executive producers and then to the judges. Oh, that's So cool. I didn't have to go through like the, the cattle call. Yeah, the four rounds before that. And then what was your song that you walked in with? You know, for your first audition. My, my first, first, first audition, I did sing Somebody to Love, which I sang. I Great on the choice. Show. Look, I'm wearing my queen shirt. I see. Yeah. I have a lot of queen in my Dude, I love wall. Me too. I love them. Me love too. Them. Best bands ever. Um, I also sang. Um, I just learned Love of My Life on piano. Such a great it's song. It's such a great And no one ever does that song. I know. You know what? It's like one of the B-sides. Totally. Only, and it's just it's such a great I song. I actually developed the show with um, some of the members of the San Diego City Ballet. Um, and we called it Somebody to Love. It was on Valentine's Day. Oh, that's awesome. And there was like 10 incredible ballet dancers. And it was all Queen music with a live band. It was like an immersive theater experience. It was really cool. 
That's crazy. Yeah. You know, it, you know, it's this is crazy. But I went to a pizza joint near my house, and I'm sitting with my girlfriend, and I, 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 I turn her and I was like, I think Brian May from Queen is sitting right behind you, and she looks at him. She's like, it's not him. And I'm like, I swear to God, that's okay. Brian May. It ended up being Brian May. I ended up talking to him. He's the nicest guy. Super nice guy. Yeah. I ended up giving him one of my records, and there was a part on the record that we did like this Queen Brian May guitar solo like harmony thing. Yeah. And I was like, we did that because of you, and it's just weird that I'm meeting you, and I just want to say thank you. I just love you. I think you're amazing. And he was like, thank you, thank you. He was like yeah, very he's polite wonderful. and just like, yeah, he's a good dude. I did their musical, We Will Rock You, Oh, um, which played in London for 13 years, and then they brought it over to the U.S., and I started in that show. And that's amazing. Brian and Roger came on opening night, and I got to sing Bohemian Rhapsody oh with my Brian God. May and that's Roger incredible. Taylor. Yeah. So Roger I Taylor really... didn't play? He, yeah, Roger played oh, the drums, and Brian played okay. guitar. And, that's uh, amazing. I, it was on the cover of Rolling Stone, like me and Brian May, like rocking out. Dude, yeah. that's insane. It was awesome. You're like, uh, pinch me moment. Pinch me. Right. Here. I was like 25 at the time. I was like, is this real? Is this You're happening like, is this to me really, right now? This, is this the music industry? Yeah, it was cool. So cool. you so you walked in with somebody to love, and then yeah. what was your next song? How many times did you have to sing? Before before the judges or? Yeah, all, I mean, let's, let's just go through the process. Okay, we'll go through the process. So I sang for the judges. I sang somebody to love. Right. And then my second audition, um... The Judge Cuts, they call it. I sang Creep. Okay. And that was the song that really went super viral for me. It has like 80 million views that's online. That's incredible. And um, that song has really changed my life. So great then, song, too. Great I mean, song. I'm a, oh, my God. You chose great songs, period. Thank you. Um, and then we went into the the live shows, and I sang um, Everybody Wants to Rule the World. but like Great a, song again. But a really like dark, kind yeah. of sinister version. Okay. And then like a Gary Jules kind of vibe. Yes. Okay. All right. Very epic. Yeah. And then I sang one other song. Oh, first I sang In the Air Tonight, Phil Collins. Oh, nice. Yeah. And then I did Everybody Wants to Rule the World. And then I did Man in the Mirror. Great song choices. Did you Thank choose you. all these songs yourself? It was a collaborative effort for sure. The the show had ideas, I had ideas. We tried all the ideas and we kinda of like Honed in until, so like, do they go through best. production and stuff with you as well? Or is it just like, you're yeah, like, yeah. I want this in the band, I want this in the arrangement? Yeah, yeah, we talked about it, and like I, I expressed my vision and what my idea for why I wanted to sing those songs. And um, they followed through, and we had like full orchestras recording recording these tracks, and they were epic. That's amazing. And yeah. it's also like just like the grandiose scale of the production when you're like, you know, as an artist, you're footing the bill when you do that. So it's nice when the network is kind of doing totally. that. Totally. It's the show. And then, you know, I went on to do the Champions um, version this year. The, the production value on the show is just like untouched by right. any other TV show. It's insane. They're spending $100,000 per song, per performance, per That's act. Crazy. It's crazy. It's really crazy. Um, you know, it was a, it was like a Super Bowl show. I did the show Must Go On. Um on champions and i was like flying in the air with like fire breathers below me i was like is the, am i on the super bowl You're right like, now this or, is like, crazy where am i now yeah. let me ask you this because you know this and i know this once you get off that show the transition is a little bit it's it's like going from having all the production that you want at your fingertips totally. to okay <laughs> figure what it can, out what can i do to kind of maintain that same grandiose spectacle, but also stay true to the art and also not lose the shirt off my back. You know totally. what I mean? So, like, how did you make that transition? Well, I, I was very lucky. You know, the show, I think, you know, if, if you have a moment on the show that is, becomes incredibly memorable to people, 
the show really does sustain you into life. They didn't help me with anything, but I was getting booked. I had like, I was booked a year out, like coming right off, coming off the show. That's amazing. So, um, they, they do set you up. It's the one, like one of the most viewed shows on television. So everyone's seeing you and then it goes online and YouTube and Facebook and blah, 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 blah. So I, I was super lucky and I went right into it. I went right into a year of like, Gigs, 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 gigs. Did you make? Were you recording at the time, or were you kind of just like finding time to write? I was, I was super lost out of that time because I was getting all of these, getting all these jobs, but I wasn't creating jobs for myself. Right. I wasn't like putting together a show that I felt great about. I was just kind of like following the leader. Right. And it took, was it mostly covers, or was it all original? It was like basically all covers. Okay. Shows songs I did on the show, and and. After a year of doing that, I was like, I need to stop this because right. this doesn't feel authentic. This doesn't feel real. This is not filling my soul and my heart the way that music does when I'm doing it for me. Well, because it's like you're a jukebox in a way. You totally. Know, it's, like, it's like doing a cover band yeah. gig. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but if you want to be a creator, there's nothing like writing something. Create. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Totally. Exactly. So I spent, you know, six months to a year after that really kind of honing in on like what I wanted to say, how I wanted to say it. And. It's a journey that I don't think ever stops for true musicians. I don't think you ever like nail down like a, this is it. This is the, you no. know what I mean? And you know what? And every time you think that it's it. It's not it. It's not <laughs> it. You know, I actually won a Grammy for a song I wrote for Ziggy Marley. And like, having my parents there, that was like a moment I'll never forget. And I like, I wept after it happened. But it was like, I think two days later, I was like back to, okay, how am I going to write something to top totally. that? Or even just be on the same, same level. level of creativity not even the same level of like oh it won a grammy or it did this it's just the level of am i happy with what i'm creating yeah and it comes down to that i think all the time it's like if you're not kind of pushing the envelope and like creating something that your heart is like i'm so into this this is all of who i am nothing will ever be as fulfilled totally and i think artists always have that pull you know it's it's our downfall and it's and it's our grace is that we, nothing is ever good enough yeah. and nothing is ever done. I love and hate that. <laughs> totally. It's, it's the best and the worst things about us. It's hard to feel like, ah, oh, I did that. Right. But you're like, okay, but what do I do next? But I love that you, you did that circuit and you came back to, okay, that's not it. You yeah. know what I mean? Because the, the weird thing about a lot of those shows, and I've had a lot of friends and people that have been on the show that have come through the voice and America's got talent. And they go through the whole spectacle of it. And then they realize, I thought that would be it. And it's not it. Yeah. What's really it is like me sitting in a studio, creating stuff, songs that I'm expressing, things that I'm going through that I know will reach other people. Like that is more fulfilling, even if it reaches five people versus a million people. Totally. There's something about it just coming from, this is from my heart. Who, who's there to receive it? That's all that it's totally. about. You know what I mean? And you know, these shows, all of them, are so formulaic. Right. They're not pushing the boundary. They're not, they're not challenging anything. So, you know, when I would ask to like do an original song or like do something super obscure, it was always like a hard no. Cause they were very like, you have to fit in this lane. You have to be this thing that we created around you and you have to do that. And I was like, this is boring. Right. You know, and there's been opportunities that have come up for me recently that I just say no to now. Yeah. Cause if it's not, if it's not serving me and what yes. I do, then it's not for me. It's let somebody else have that 
So when was that Zen moment where you were like, okay, I need to be me and write and record and make my own music? I can't even say a moment. Um, my life, especially since AGT in the last three years, has been such a journey of self-discovery in not just my art form, but in my personal life and with my partner. And it's a constant. I'm, I'm, never, I'm never satisfied with the level of human I am. You right. know what I mean? I always yeah. want to be more. I want to always want to learn more. I want to do more. I want to try new things. So it's been an evolution over the past couple of years, but really over the past six months to a year, I've really felt like it's not worth rushing anymore. It's not worth putting out content just to feed the beast. You know, we live in a world right now where streaming is everything. And if you don't put out a song at least every month, if not every six weeks, people forget about you. They're right. on to the next thousand people who released a song that day right. Ten thousand people fifty thousand people and the other thing too is it's not valued in the same way that oh. I, I mean like when i find a song like love of my life or something like that it's like i listen to it constantly it's like unforgettable documents my life in that moment mm -hmm. it's like this is what music is really about and i feel like people just kind of think it's not a moment it's like oh yeah there's a song oh yeah i can easily get it oh yeah it's not you know it's not Going through the liner notes, totally. listening to that record. And then when you song. put it out, a week later, all your fans are like, when's the next one? Yeah. And they're like, no can idea. you just enjoy the one that I just created? <laughs> no, no, and they like... have no idea how long it takes, oh. how much investment, time, energy, totally. money, everything. <laughs> it's all of it. It's like they just ingest and they don't understand like how hard it is to actually just totally. make that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I find that a lot of people, like this, I find this crazy. They can't, if you play them a rough mix versus a mastered version, they really can't tell the difference, and it's like you're going through this meticulous like detail of like, oh, my voice needs to be EQ'd this yeah. way, whatever. And they're just they don't hear those those details that just falls on deaf ears. My sweet, sweet, sweet boyfriend is like not musically inclined whatsoever. He has great taste in music, um, but he likes like techno house right. beats and sounds. There's no never a vocal, <laughs> never a vocal. Um, but it, it's been really funny for him to like. We're sensitive as artists right and you know you don't want to play a product until it's at least a couple stages in oh, because yeah. what people don't realize is you don't record a song and have it done the next day but that's it's what i like, think <laughs> yeah you're writing you're like mm, this lyric needs tweaking this yes. melody needs tweaking then you go back in tweaking 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 then there's the mastering and there's the mixing and this mix isn't right i need 10 more mixes to get it right you know there's a lot that goes into it so my boyfriend through the, <laughs> the process is always like I don't know what to say. Is this good? Is this the end? I'm just like, ah. He's always walking on eggshells. You're like, it's not finished. Just wait. Just listen. And just wait. So let's go back now. I want to ask a little bit about your backstory. Yeah. When did you get into music? Did you have, were you in choir? Were you like in a school chorus, musical theater? What was yeah. it that kind of triggered all my, this? Uh, my mom was a single parent of three, and she worked 12 to 15 hour days as a nurse. So she needed something for me and my sisters to do after school. So she put us in this after school theater program hmm. in San Diego. And I was raised religious and it was a Christian youth theater. So it was like Bible verses mixed in with theatrical whatever. So did you do like a mall on the night visitors, stuff like that? Like I didn't do stuff like that. Like okay. they did actual like proper shows. Okay. Um, but like during rehearsals, you're also singing worship songs and like praying and shit like that. Can I say that? One? Yeah, you can okay, say shit. I'm not sure. <laughs> I love that you're like, they're praying and worshiping and shit like that. Shit like that. You know. Um, so I just fell in love with it. I fell in love with performing and theater. It was like such an outlet for me. And 
I was chubby as a kid and I was very effeminate as a kid and people were awful to me. Kids really? were awful to me, yeah. Just like bullying and stuff. Bullying and just kids, awful. Kids are assholes. You know? Kids are such They're like assholes. so sweet up until like maybe five and then after that it's like you're an asshole. You're an asshole until you're like 28 or 48 yeah, it depends. <laughs> it depends. Totally depends there, on the person. there's still a spectrum i said 28 because i was an asshole <laughs> um i just fell in love with it i started doing it more and more and more and i started taking it more seriously once i got to high school um and i was i'm not going to toot my own horn but i was like an ex- exceptionally talented teenager right um so when i was like 16 i started driving up here to la i'm from san diego and i started going to auditions for broadway shows that they would do in LA and you know my senior year or before my senior year um I got cast in Wicked on it that's New York. amazing yeah so I got my GED I left high school and uh went on my adventure into musical theater did you do the whole tour like the world tour I did um it wasn't a world tour but it was a U.S. tour um Broadway Chicago San Francisco LA. and you're 17 18 yeah that's incredible yeah and I was super blessed. You know, I went from that show. I got another job. So I left that show for another job off Broadway. And I, you know, it was in Next to Normal on Broadway, which won the Pulitzer Prize for drama. Wow. Um, so I've had a really great, I was in New York on Broadway for 10 years. Till I was 27. And that's when I moved to LA. So then what was the moment where you were like, okay, this is not it. It's, there's gotta be something else. There, in musical theater, <laughs> it's a lovely art form for the most part. But what I couldn't jive with is like pretending to be somebody else every night and singing the songs the way I was told to sing them, to say the lines the way I was told to say them, to have my hair cut the way they told me I had to have my hair cut, where, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, what I was doing, We Will Rock You at the time. And I just started saying fuck it to like everything. I was like, I know I'm not going to do my hair like that. I'm going to do my hair like this. I'm going to have a beard. I don't care how old I'm supposed to be. I'm going to be a rock star. I'm going to be a rock star. And we closed the show here at the Amundsen. And I was like, I've always wanted to move to L.A. This is the perfect opportunity. So I I stayed here and I just started like pounding out covers and doing YouTube videos and trying to like discover what and who I was without that. Right. Avenue. You know, it's funny because I, I studied I studied opera in school at USC and I was doing musical theater as like an outlet. And um, I remember I was studying with, you know, there were my friend and I, this guy named Charles, he was like one of the best. And I knew I was one of the best in the class. And he was like, man, we should just go to New York and make audition and that's it. <laughs> and like he did that. And I was like, I kind of want to be in a band. That's what I really want to do is just start writing music. And so he went and did Broadway and he ended up doing Broadway. He was I went to see him uh, at um, he was in Motown. You're not he, talking about Charles Brown. Charles Brown. Yeah. This is so crazy. I've known Charles Brown for what? the longest time. His mom was my elementary school principal. What? Miss Brown. Dude, he's the bomb. He's great. So I saw him in, in um, you know, um, Smokey Robinson in Motown. Mm-hmm. And I went backstage and I was like, dude, this you're living. This is the dream, this man. What you this is wanted. amazing. And he was like, yeah, you know, uh, I've done this show two years, eight days a week. Eh, it's okay. Yeah. And I was like, wow, that, that was like a, a moment I could I understand you. any musical theater performer. It's not new. After a month, musical theater person is like the glitz and glam of what you think Broadway will be. Once you get there and you see the reality of it, you're like, oh, 
Well, isn't it? You know what I find? I find like a lot of entertainments like that. It's like you know you totally. see you see the lights, you see everything, and then you look behind and you're like, oh, there's there's it's what? all it? lipstick on a pig. <laughs> it really is. But it's like you find these moments. Like I love that you were like coming into this empowerment thing. You were like, you know what? This I'm gonna just live my life and I'm gonna do it the way. I know that's going to fulfill me. Yeah. And here you are. You I felt I mean? like I was doing myself and people watching me a disservice by staying in jobs that weren't, you know. Well, it's like advertising. You're like advertising something that you don't want to be. Totally. And, and I like, felt like a like fraud all it. the time. Right. You know, I was always playing the male ingenue who was always in love with a woman. And I was always being told to butch it up and to be straighter, to like be more masculine. Like, this is not what and I, I am. was like, who? You want me to be somebody else? I don't want to be somebody else. Right. I want to be me. Like, can I be me? Yeah, right. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Let's play a track. I want to play a track first. Uh, what do you want to play first? Um, you can play I and You. I and You. And this was... Your, tell me a little bit, a bit of a backstory. I saw the music video. This is like the first release that you were like... This the first music this video. Is my, this is my second. second. Yeah, okay. my second okay. release. Uh, should we just play them in order then? Yeah. Well, cool. well no, it's up to you. You tell me. We could play Circles first. All right. We'll that play was circles. my first. All right. Circles is your first release. Yeah, we'll go into... We'll so go we're really going telling into... Telling a story. Yeah, yeah, telling a story. I like it. All right. This is Brian Justin Crumb, Circles. Maybe I should just keep running. I think I got a chance if I can. We got a monsoon coming Too close, too close to me Don't tell me that it's nothing, nothing With your girl in here all night Talking about something, something Are you sure that it's her on the line? Some things that are keeping me up late at night Something about us not right, oh We go over and over again, we just can't get it right One more time till we let this go
So tell me about this song. Like, first of all, the style is so pop heavy. I love it. This is like you're like unleashing your superpowers. <laughs> Super pop heavy. It's very like Justin meets. It's almost like almost a younger kind of like a Sean Mendez. Thank you. A younger Sean Mendez. He's like yeah. 20 years old. No, but I mean like a Justin <laughs> Tim like meets like a younger pop star like totally. Sean Mendez. Yeah. Um, I love that song. It's it's just all about the toxicity of a relationship and. I've been there. We've all been there. Yeah. And how you just see yourself making the same mistakes and like running through these same patterns. And we become like addicted to the toxicity and yes. we can't break out of the it. Drama. It's the drama. The drama and like the height and the ups and down the roller coaster. We like feed off of the intensity of that. And so that song is just about like the pain of that and then kind of like the ending of that. Um, and that led into the next song, I and You, which is kind of about the aftermath of that thing so um circles was great we shot it at the video at my house and people freaked out for it. it's all in time with a steady cam following all through the house and we're dancing like fight dancing it was the day that we got like 14 inches of rain in la wow like a couple like a year yeah. like, like a year ago and my backyard flooded and we had like choreography going on in the backyard and so we were like dancing in like Four inches of water and it was like slow motion like wow yeah that's insane so like that's production value i couldn't afford so but like you know what those are the kind of things that just happen in the moment yeah that you can never pay for and by the end of the day it was no, not flooded anymore so it's like we picked the one day in the hours that it was flooded isn't it weird like sometimes like art works with the universe totally i mean i know it sounds so like kind of like space agey the way i said that but it's like I find that to be one of the reasons why we do what we do. It's, it's only like, space agey if you're not in it. You know yes. what I mean? I've yes. noticed and I've told my friends and I feel like I, I don't ask things. I just state things that I want to happen. And they all are coming to fruition Yeah. months later or whenever later. But I feel like I am not just asking but demanding what I need. It's what a I law want. of attraction. It's yeah. Kind of those things kind of for sure. move in order. But I, I love like, you know, I saw, I read something about Coldplay doing, um, you know, the music video for Yellow. And they said they were shooting all night and they, for some reason, just couldn't get a cool concept of a video. And then Chris Martin said, you know what? Let me just do one more take and let me just do it by myself. And then maybe have the guys jump in at some random moment. So he's walking along the beach. And as he's walking along the beach, the sun just starts to, come up and that was the video and it's like it ended up being this like beautifully shot thing that was just a last second you know moment that, that you know it's, and it's just yeah. like the universe was just like you're not going to get it until this one four moment. minute like moment that you can you're gonna have to wait a whole 24 hours to get again so totally. it was just like you know when things like that happen it's like synchronicity yeah moments. synchronicity serendipity yes. it's all the all the forces of the world totally. coming together man making magic so tell me like when you were writing this song were you did you come up with the melody first did you come up with the track first did you kind of 
So my friend uh, Cameron had originally had a version of this song, and he played it for me, and I was like, this is great. It's not right for me, um, but maybe we could make it right for me. So we like revisited melodies, we revisited lyrics, totally redid the production, like stripped it completely and started from scratch. Um, and I went with more of like the pop flair with live it's got electric some Bieber, guitar. Sorry, yeah, totally, totally, yeah. So it was definitely a process, and I was kind of had just ended this very toxic relationship, and it just felt very synchronistic that this song came. I was, we were able to work it in a way that felt real for me and tell that story. Wow. It's amazing. So let's let's play I and You real quick and tell me a little bit about what that experience was like just to record it and kind of go through the music video and all the stages. Because most people don't even understand the stages of writing the song, recording the song. Recording the song again. Recording the song again. And again. again. And again. <laughs> and then not liking the vocal or not liking the guitar part or whatever it is. And then finally getting the track and making a music video and then editing that music video. And then you see the process and it's like you kind of have this moment of, oh, my God, this took so long. But it's I'll give you the real tea. The recording of the song was super easy. Getting getting the song where we wanted it was super easy. The video was a total nightmare. Why? Um, It was the first time I was really comfortable to like express myself fully and i was like really excited about my looks and my stylist like really nailed it we found like great looks and then we shot the video and then this director just like disappeared and like six weeks went by and we got nothing we got nothing we're like hammering him with emails like where's this video so it took us like we were like i was then you know two months behind on the song coming out and the video coming out because we were waiting for this video and i like the video i don't love the video but I really like the video. I like my stuff in the video. But the song itself <laughs> is a bop. It's such a bop. It's probably like one of my favorite songs I've, I've recorded. What do you mean by a bop? A bop I've is just like... Heard that. You've never heard a bop? No. Oh, you never heard... It's like a head bop? Like, you've never heard it's a bop? No. Oh, it's like the kids these days. <laughs> I'm an old man, so it's like... Kids I don't these know days. What the kids they these love... It's the bop. A bop is just like a really fun pop song that you can't help but like. You got a bop. You got a bop to it. Okay. I see. Uh... I see. (laughs) (laughs) All right. This is I and You, Brian Justin Crumb. I die just a little bit to stay in your arms.
This should be on like every dance station out there. This is like Kiss FM. Gold. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yelled. No, it's Sorry. true. See, see, I told you. <laughs> I have a very present you're like, voice. You're like, I, am a, I have a theatrical it's voice. Very forward. <laughs> so let me ask you this, and I know that you find this to be a little bit daunting. When you have a song like this that you know is pop ready, getting it to that mainstream is always such a ridiculous process. I don't, I honestly, and this is going to sound like bullshit, I don't even think about it like that. It's like, I'm making music, I'm putting it out on the channels that I'm doing it, and it's for me, it's for my fans, it's for new people who discover it and find it. I'm not... You're like, it'll find its way. It'll find its way. I will find my way, my music will find its way. I'm not trying to force anything to happen in any time frame. I'm growing and learning and challenging myself every step of the way. And I think there, you know, I know that one thing at one moment will just click and it will happen. Well, it's also like, the funny thing is I find that it's like you're building something. Totally. You're building a structure. Lizzo was making music for five years, six years before anything. You know who Lizzo is? Yeah, of course. I just saw her at Coachella. Yeah. She was amazing. She's amazing. And, you know, people are like, she happened so quickly. She had the song. I'm like, 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 she's been pounding this shit out for so long. And, you know, an overnight success, uh, overnight success takes 10 years to build. Yeah. Um, So it's just about putting in the work, putting in the time and consistency. And you know what I find, too? It's like she was at Coachella and this is the second weekend I saw her and they, they messed up her sound both weekends. I heard. And it's like. You know, not that it's like anybody's fault, but it's like even when you're on that stage, something can happen. I was I, I, I teach songwriting and production at a music school, and I was telling this student, she was like, yeah, you know, I just feel like the sound is never always there. I'm like, you heard of Jennifer Lopez? And she's like, yeah. I'm like, you know, she just played at Madison Square Garden, and the lights went out in the middle of her performance. <laughs> like the whole, And she's like, what do you mean? It didn't go back on. I'm like, no, the power went out in New York. Like... That would that's those are the things I dream about that I have nightmares about. Like I finally get to Madison Square Garden and the, the lights go out yeah. like that. That's the kind of thing that would happen. That's showbiz. That's show business, and it's all about how you handle it. Right. There's a lot of people who are gonna like huff and puff over things they can't change, but 
ultimately like i've performed with really fucking shitty sound and yes. i power through yeah and make it happen yes and then i'm pissed off at the end for an hour and then i'm like well, whatever that's whatever. done i've got another one tomorrow yes so yes. you know you have to learn to bless and release and enjoy the moment I'm, I'm at the stage now where it's like no filter like put the rehearsals up there put the pictures with you playing in front of five people next to the ones you're playing in front of 10,000 people next to the you know recording sessions where things aren't working next to the recordings perfected song that is amazing I just like now it's like you know as you go through the stages at first you just want to release like I want to release the best the best version of me is going to be out there now I'm like I don't care you know what? I've got nothing to prove to anybody because I've proved it to myself. That was my biggest problem coming off the show is nothing seemed good enough. It right. needed to be the best. It needed to be the hit. It needed to be the moment. La, 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 la. And then I didn't release any music for a year. So I was like, I got to get over this. I got to get over this perfectionist standing in my own way. Yes. I'm, you know, I'm ruining any opportunity of growth. What's, uh, you know, Will Smith said something. It's like, fail often fail fast and fail forward. And I hold I'm like, I'm down to fail. Bring it. Yes. And that, that's what makes you better. Totally. And it's also, it's like when you, you know, put the funny thing I find is like when you put that stuff that you don't think is your best, you realize it becomes bulletproof. It's like, I already put it out there. So you can't say, Oh, you know, this is, Oh, the, it's a, he's a fraud because this is him polished. And th- <laughs> I found this clip of him, you know, like people like that raw shit. Yes. You know, Maybe it doesn't live on Spotify on all the big, you know. Well, it's not a record. I mean, I'm I not know. saying put that on put a, put SoundCloud. A <laughs> let it live. Yeah, that's what I mean. So yeah. you know, let me ask you this too: When you're making songs, are you thinking of this um, this legacy that you're kind of creating, or are you thinking song to song, one step forward in front of the other? How can I make the better version of? I've definitely been doing that, um, but I'm surrounding myself with a team of people and we are focused on getting a solid record done an ep five songs we're going to write 15 20 songs and we're going to pick the best and this is going to tell my story over the past two years of what i've been through and some really incredible struggles that i've had and um i think it's going to it's not about rushing it it's about getting it right um so I have a couple songs in the pipeline that are going to be coming out. My next single will be out next month. Um, but I'm really focusing on what's coming. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, the funny thing is it's like you save all those recordings of the songs and you throw away. Totally. Because it's like, you know, I'm I'm about to start another record. And it's like we're going through songs that I we've, we've never played in 20 years. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, I wrote this 20 years ago. 20 years ago I wrote this song. It's never been on a record. Let's see how this sounds. And it's having this new, that same new life. life that that had that bubbling oh. excitement just to be in a band or be a performer or be a songwriter, you know? So don't, I've, just because it doesn't make that first EP. I got them all. Hold on to them. I got them all. Put them in that Dropbox. <laughs> Let's play another track. Let's play Never Enough. Tell me a little bit about this song. Yeah, so I did this song on AGT for the Champions. Um, and I was heartbroken when I saw it. They cut it, they spliced it, they taped it together with duct tape, and it wasn't the song anymore. So it was really important to me to put this out. You mean the producers did that? Yeah. They had to like fit it into a time frame, and blah, 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 blah. Um, So I put this out the night of, I think, 
Um, and this is probably the best vocal I've ever done. Wow. On a song. <laughs> Break a thing. Exclamation excited. You know, the funny thing is it's like I, I know that there's like these gatekeepers in the industry where it's like you're making something beautiful and then they cut it up. It's like I, I can't stand that. Yeah, I just, that is the good thing about crazy. streaming is we don't have to answer to anybody anymore. Right. We right. get to do it the way we want to do it. And then you build up your fan base. You build up all of your stuff. And then they come knocking at your door trying to get what you got. It's We're in a time that we've never been in where creating your own content is possible and it is available and it is encouraged. And building your own fan base. Totally. You can do it on your own and just go the distance. Mm-hmm. You know? All right, let's hear it. Never Enough. This is Brian Justin Crumb.
That was dope. Thank you. Greatest showman. Yes. You are the greatest showman. I am. You know, some of those melodies are just insane. So, so you beautiful. Just, you could hear you were just like, I'm indulging in this. This is what I love to do. Totally. So tell me why you wanted to record that song. It's, There's so many. Choices. I mean, it's so epic and it's so big and... I do come from musical theater, and so when I get the opportunity to kind of like let that breathe in a song that I'm doing, I love to do it. And, and it's a female singing it in the show, right? Yeah. So that's cool. You did like a different interpretation. Yeah, I started it a half step lower than she does, and then I ended up, I did a key change and ended up in her key. Wow. With hollering. So you wanted to do that key change. Yeah. You're like, I don't want to, I don't want to top her. I'll just meet her I'll there. I'll meet her there. <laughs> meet her there. Listen, if I'm if I as a man am meeting a very high belter woman, then You're like, I'm there. I'm nailing it. <laughs> I'm so let me ask you this: What's next for you creatively? Um, I'm doing a lot of new shows, which is exciting. It's I've had costumes made and dancers, and it's like wow. I'm stepping up everything that I've been doing, which is really exciting. Um, I'm opening up for Sierra in Montreal. That's awesome. In two weeks. And then I'm going to Bali. I have a lot of really exciting work trips planned. And then September starts my incubator of songwriting. and Get into a room, yes. record some music. Mm-hmm. Do you find that those moments are some of your favorites? When it's like, I find that, you know, when I travel and play music, it's, it's taken me to the places I never dreamed I would go. But my favorite moments are just locked up in this private room with maybe nobody around. Studios are very anxiety-producing for me. It's, I think, no matter what world you grow up in, in entertainment, wherever you spent the most time and have the most experience is where you're going to thrive the most. But it's oftentimes the scary situations that is exactly where you need to be. Right. So, and being in the studio and writing is scary for me because it's kind of an unknown, uncharted territory. Um, and it's scary to be super vulnerable, and you have to be super vulnerable. Well, it's and you, it's like you're trying not to critique, because like th- there's no room for that when you're in a studio. Yeah. It's like you have to create and just like let it fly, let and, it flow, and not like you know. The, I find the hardest part is like when you know you have a good vocal, and you're like, okay, that's great. Is it great? Let me listen to it a week later, <laughs> and you're like, oh, there's one note that it could have been, or there's one phrase that could have been. And then 10 years from now, you don't hear any of that stuff. Totally. Five years from now, four weeks later, you won't hear that stuff. So it's like, it's weird because it's music, especially recorded music, is this living, breathing thing that's changing every time you listen to it, day to day, month to month, year to year. You know, so every new experience, a song, it's a completely different thing. But it's also as you get distance from it, what you think was the truth, the truth of the recording changes and evolves. As you get distance from it, as you grow as a person, as you grow is also is like what you what you hear. Yeah. Because I find like, you know, the things that I was hearing when I made records 10, 12 years ago, whatever, 15 years ago, are now completely outdated from what I hear and think about music now. I want more yep. mistakes in, in music. I don't want it to be perfect. I want it to be Same. raw. You know what I mean? It's Same. so weird. So I never would have liked that on the first record or the second record or the first song, whatever it is. So we're excited for this new record. Do you have a name for it yet? It's Untitled. Oh, currently. Untitled Mystery. Yes. Um, and where can people find you if they want to follow you on Instagram? Yeah, check Facebook. me out. It's Brian, B-R-I-A-N, Justin, J-U-S-T-I-N, Crum, C-R-U-M, on everything. Twitter, 
Instagram, Facebook, YouTube is just slash Brian Justin, but you can search my full name. So yeah, everywhere. Come check me out. All right. I got to ask you, how come you included your middle name? Because (laughs) it's so funny. I did this a long time ago. Brian is five letters and Crumb is four letters. And so next to each other on paper, they don't look finished. And it needed like a long name in the middle. <laughs> and I happen to have a long middle name. So it looks much better on No, it's, it works because it's like Brian Justin Crumb. Totally. I will never not remember Brian Justin Crumb. Totally. But now we're branding everything as BJC. Oh, I like it. Solid. Yeah. Well, dude, you are the real deal. You are a great artist. You are a great singer. We look forward to more things that you do in the future. You're going to have to come back. Yeah, we'll have to do this again, for sure. After your Bali, your all your, retre- your retreats <laughs> where you're going on all these crazy travels. And as you grow, we want to grow with you. So thank, thank you, you, Brian Justin Crumb. Awesome. High five. High five. Yeah, man. All right. On behalf of Eddie, myself, and Ronen, we'll see you guys next week.